What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Slam Dunk Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Jensen, alongside Joe Belansky, D'Angelo Starks, and Callum Voss. Guys, before we get into all the sports talk and all the football talk we want to get into today, uh, I think it would be right for us to uh, talk a bit about Kobe Bryant. Today is the one-year anniversary of his passing. Uh, He and his daughter and uh, seven others in a uh, helicopter crash last year. Um, and it's been, it's been crazy that it's, it's been a year, uh, since that happened. It feels just like yesterday that, uh, we were, we were mourning his loss and, and seeing all the tributes for him. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's wild to think about that he, and that he's gone. Yeah. It's weird. Like, like of like famous people that like, I didn't know, like he's right up there with like Craig Sager where like when like they had passed you kind of step, step back and you're just like, shit. Right. Like it really kind of like bums you out. Like if people obviously like you never met, but just because like what he was, just that larger than life kind of like I said, that he was right in that wheelhouse, too. Where like obviously like our generation didn't really like see Jordan like we, we kind of did. But if you did remember anything of him, it was like Wizards Jordan, where that was like, you know, pointless. So, like I said, he was he was definitely kind of our generation's Jordan in that respect, where it was just dominance. Right. And he was just he was just a beast. He was just a different kind of cat. See, uh, I come at it from from a different perspective. I grew up a massive LeBron fan. Anything that LeBron did, I was his number one backer. Love that guy. Um, all the way up until like middle school. So I had a lot of anti Kobe arguments that I was always throwing out there. But uh, as I grew older and started watching more basketball and watching him play more, of course you you come to that appreciation and you realize how next level he was just mentally um, versus anybody else he ever played with. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's still a bummer. It still doesn't, I mean, it's set in now, but for a long time last year, it didn't feel real that he was just gone like that. So, you know, we, it's sad. And our thoughts are always with his wife and his daughters. You know, that's a, that's a horrible thing to have any family go through. And I don't know. It's a, like you said, it's crazy. It's been a year already. Yeah, I um, I it was he was the last celebrity death where I remember where I was when it happened. Mm-hmm. I remember I was we were in the Lanthorn office, like trying to make a paper, and our news editor at the time, uh, Sean C- Sean Caveau, like saw saw the news on TMZ, and we were just doing all this work, try to confirm it and try to confirm it, and it just was wild to hear about um something like that. Uh, the thing I think. I don't want to speak for you guys um, in terms of how you remember Kobe Bryant, but at least for me, I didn't really start paying attention to basketball until he was like kind of starting to slow down. Like I vaguely remember the 09 in in 2010 titles. He had the runs with Gasol where he would just seemingly make every single baseline jumper um, just like Jordan did. But um, when we talk about the legacy of Kobe Bryant, it has to be mentioned what he was doing beyond his playing career. You know, the role model he was as a coach for his for his daughter and his and her and his daughter's friends and how he was trying to cultivate the game of basketball. There was that, there's that clip that went viral uh, around this time last year where he's talking to Luca and he's speaking in Luca's language and telling him how great he is. That kind of little stuff with Kobe is what we should remember about Kobe. And, and all mm-hmm. past mistakes aside, he's uh, you know, he's, he's one of the best basketball players to ever do it. And he will rightfully be remembered that way. So. Yeah, it's uh, I, I got done reading a book here uh, a couple months ago. Uh, it's it was called Three Ring Circus. It was about it was about their uh, 
about their run, the Lakers Excellent. run from like '96 to '03. Yeah, it was so it, it was really good. Yeah, it's so good, and uh, it just you you see the way you know how young Kobe sort of was and how arrogant he was, and uh, the the fact that he was able to once he retired and got a little older, and at the end of his career, and once he retired, he just sort of it seemed like he sort of took a uh, change for the good and for the better of, of basketball in a whole, because he, uh, I don't know if young Kobe, you would have thought he would have embraced a lot of these young guys the way he does. He did now. And I mean, I don't think you would have saw him doing the, the detail on, on ESPN and, and working with so many different groups and, and, and outside of basketball, what he did, I mean, he, I think he won an Emmy two years uh, uh, after after retiring for his uh, his short picture that he made, oh, he won he won an and Oscar, s- an Oscar, yes, an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And and so I mean, just just everything that he was able to do in a short amount of time uh, after his playing career was it, it was phenomenal. And it and it just sucks that we're not able to get more and more uh, more of that from him because uh, he was really going to be a um, somebody to grow the game uh, uh, for a lot of different uh, for a lot of different people. And so yeah, he's. He's definitely missed, and uh, it, it's it's just I, I keep saying it, it's just crazy to to think that it's that it's only been a year that that he's been that he's been gone. And so um, let's uh, let's get more on to a positive note here on the podcast. Uh, let's let's get into some of the Detroit Lions hires that were made this past week. Before we get into um, this past week's hires, because there were a lot of them and a lot of news that came out from the team as well. Uh, Callen wasn't on the podcast with us last week. We talked about the Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn hires. So Callen, real quick, your quick thoughts. You've also been able to see, uh, the opening press conference from Dan Campbell as well. Yep. Uh, in this past week. So your thoughts on Campbell and your thoughts on Glenn, uh, coming in as the first big hires uh, for the line. First of all, I listened to the pod last week. Excellent pod that the UFC stuff at the end was pretty, was pretty gold. I thought. Um, but you know, I told um, you it was going to be good. McGregor it got was knocked good. out. No, it, it totally was. You totally sold it. Well, it was great. Um, wow. you know, with Campbell, he said all the right things in the press conference as a lions fan. I'm cautiously optimistic to drink the Kool-Aid just after drinking the Kool-Aid for Schwartz and for Caldwell and for, um, and for Patricia, um, my issue with the whole, with the, my one issue with the, with the, um, press conference was the way that, Ford Hamp started it out with saying um, with saying that that, you know, the parading that the Lions went through a, a great hiring process and brought on Spielman and Sanders and actually interviewed people and did a thorough job. It kind of felt like they were celebrating stuff that they already should be doing. It's kind of mm-hmm. like if we came on here. We were like, oh, wow, I can't believe I finished my homework. Like, <laughs> it's kind of what you're supposed to do. So it's it that part yeah. of it kind of set the wrong way with me. But like, Everything Campbell's saying is is the right is um, he's saying all the right things. He looks like he's a great culture guy. It means a lot that a lot of former players have come out and said that he is a great um, guy. And I'm honestly more impressed with the Aaron Glenn hire. Uh, Aaron Glenn, you know, uh, back when um, he was hired with the Saints, the the Saints had a passer rating of one. 116.2 that Saints defense they were one of the worst defenses in the NFL he turned that around to an 83.3 passer rating and out of all the iterations of this podcast and the radio show I don't think we've ever talked about the Lions secondary being good so to bring in a guy like that right away who you know worked with um, Jeff Okuda and seven on sevens and all that that's a great start 
trust in everything. And at, at the end of the day, a lot of who you are as a head coach is your relationship with players and who you bring in as part of your staff. And so far, I think Campbell's knocking it out of the park in that department for sure. Oh, yeah. The one th- the, real quick, the one thing I want to just push back on there a little bit uh, with with uh, your your remarks on, on what Sheila Hamp Ford said at the press conference, I think. Yes, it's that they were sort of patting themselves on the back for doing what they were supposed to be doing all along. But, I mean, this is a new regime in there. She's a new owner. Uh, She wasn't in those meetings, and she wasn't uh, involved with the hiring process before. So um, I think it was more or less just just pointing out that, you know, they're not going to go – they're not going to take take any shortcuts uh, with with the hiring process like they may have done in the past. You know, and so I think I think you're you're absolutely right. You shouldn't just be patting yourself on the back for for doing the bare minimum that you should be doing. But um, it's more than what us Lions fans are used to uh, in a hiring process, because it seems like when there's just one big name out there that everybody seems to like and um, may not be the right fit, they overlook a lot of things and just go after them without hesitation. And so. Um, there could have been some other guys they brought in. Campbell seemed to be the right guy. And I, I personally, I, I gave my thoughts on both the hires last week. I, I approve of both of them. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, to what uh, the staff is going to really round out to be. And we have a good look at what that staff is now. Um, the first big name that was, uh, that was signed was offensive coordinator and former Chargers head coach, Anthony Lynn. Love it. Um, He's really he really did a lot in, in uh, L.A. Uh, with except managing with clock. some with some fairly good talent. Yes, except managing but the clock, which he's that. not going to have to. He doesn't have to worry about doing that now, which is great. Uh, being just an O.C., you know, he uh, he took a quarterback who was drafted seventh overall, which uh, coincidentally the Lions will be doing this year, and he got that quarterback to in Justin Herbert. He got him to develop into one of the better quarterbacks in the league in just his first season, something that not a lot of people were expecting. They didn't think Justin Herbert was going to come in day one and and do what he did. They thought Tyrod Taylor was going to be the guy for most of the year. Herbert got his shot, and he took that starting role from from Taylor immediately. And then um, something that was a little more intriguing to me, at least, is that – is what he was able to do offensively for a guy like Austin Eckler that we would like to see for DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift. He's, he sort of gave him, he, he gave him the number one running back uh, reps last year. Even when Melvin Gordon got back, it seemed like Eckler was still their guy, even though he had to, you know, split some time with Gordon in the backfield. It seemed like they still wanted to go to Eckler. And this year with Eckler being the number one, um, it was, it was even more production out of him, whether it be, was uh, splitting him out, into uh, into either like a screen route or or going across the middle, they were able to get him involved in the passing game uh, just as much as a wide receiver as he was a running back uh, this this past year. So that that's going to be really interesting interesting to see if uh, Lynn's able to do that for a guy like Swift. Yeah, you have to hope so uh, because that was one of my most frustrating things of this past season is just watching him be underutilized when he was so far and away the best running back on the team and he wasn't even being used to the best of his ability. So it feels like we've only scratched the surface with him. And you have to hope with uh, whatever offseason changes come to the offense, whatever happens in the draft, 
they still go into the season with Anthony Lynn knowing that DeAndre Swift is his running back and knowing that we'll see him, like you mentioned, split out some more, you know, trying to utilize matchups with him more. Uh, And that's something that we didn't see a lot from the last regime. We didn't see a lot of creativity when it came to using running backs. Um, And we hopefully we'll see a lot more of that. And uh, that's what I'm hoping for out of Anthony Lynn. I always was a fan of his chargers teams. You know, they, they scored, they had a lot of talent and just could never quite figure it out. So I'm, I'm glad to have him on board as our OC. You know, it's um, it's not just the Lynn hire too. Uh, everything you've been hearing um, in terms of the rest of the staff that they've brought in has been has been remarkable in terms of the mm-hmm. the the core that they're building in Detroit. Um, bringing in John Dorsey as a special advisor to the GM, they're not entirely sure what his role is going to be at the moment. But you know, um, bringing in Deuce Staley as a running back coach and assistant head coach, the, what he did in Philadelphia was. Has, has been nice over the last couple of years. I thought bringing back um, Hank Fraley as the offensive line coach, I thought that was a really good decision. You know, he's gotten the most out of guys like Ragnow and Taylor Decker over the past seasons. Um, assistant GM Ray Agnew, I think he's going to do a great job. He was also high on Aaron Donald, just like Brad Holmes was. Uh, just came mm-hmm. out earlier today that the Lions are bringing in um, Aubrey Pleasant as a cornerbacks coach who he worked mm-hmm. with Ramsey with yes. the Rams, and he was um, – a couple of guys have come out and said that he was the candidate to become maybe take over as a defensive coordinator with the Rams. So to get him as an assistant in Detroit is awesome. I don't know if you guys saw the clip that's been going around of him back when the Rams were on hard knocks, but that guy is just, that guy is just a, just a, to, to, to quote my good, to quote, um, to quote Waterboy, that kid, that guy is just opens up a can of whoop ass when he is, when he's coaching. So I love seeing that. It looks like the Lions are making all the right moves in terms of the rest of their staff right now. So I love to see that as a Lions fan. He- yeah, Deuce Staley is probably my probably my favorite hire. I mean, he was. Uh, it's not as though he was uh, he was fired from the Eagles. He was asked to be let go. He didn't want to be with the Philadelphia organization uh, any longer. And there was a lot of teams uh, vying for Deuce Staley to come yeah, and player. be their assistant head coach and, and running backs coach. Yeah, Bears. I was going to mention Bears. One of them in that running. Uh, a few others were in there as well, but. He decided to come and work with uh, Dan Campbell in this in this new Lions regime, and and it's going to be really nice to see that. And and it really, it looks like we're going to go away from um, a more pass heavy offense uh, that we maybe saw more of with Stafford, um, and we're and we're going to rely on the run a lot more. Uh, Dan Campbell said that you know uh, Anthony Lynn, even though I mentioned those. Um, great numbers he was able to get from Herbert. Um, he still was uh, pretty run heavy in previous stops in his career. You, uh, and you look at Staley, uh, he was, he was one of the, uh, in I think eight years he had uh, four times. They were top 10 in Philadelphia and rushing yards per game. Um, he was outside of the 15, just once in eight years. Um, so that's, that's always good to see that you're, you're bringing in some good, bright minds in the running game. And, uh, you mentioned hard knocks. I think with the staff that's being assembled and, and what this team is going to be able to do in the, in the progress they're looking for, this could be a hard knocks team, uh, this coming year. I know the lions have been, uh, in consideration for that the last couple of years, but with Dan Campbell at the helm, this might be the, 
This might be the year the Lions uh, get on HBO. Boy, I'm glad uh, it didn't happen during the Patricia era. Ah, that that would have been so yeah. bad. Well, maybe it might have been. It might have been just awesome to see how terrible he was in the in the locker room. Ma- with all yeah, the guys. maybe. I think it's it's going to be so fun to see if if it is so that that the Lions do get hard knocks. That would be That'd really be interesting to see <laughs> yeah. all these all these big characters. You gotta wonder the if the higher staff. ups at the Lions at the time like. Because HBO probably definitely was sniffing around. You got to wonder if the higher up of the Lions at the time saw Patricia in practice and were like, we don't want this to be on cable television. Like, you know? Yeah, we, yeah. Yeah. It makes total sense. Um, yeah, it's really good hires all across the board. Kellen, you mentioned John Dorsey. He's, we, and like you said, we don't know what exactly his role is going to be. It just, uh, all all the reports I've said or I've seen have said that he's going to be a senior personnel executive. That could be a number of things. Um, but the one thing we do know is that uh, he he has a good eye for talent. He as well as Holmes as well as Agnew, they all have really good eyes for talent in the draft, and that's what you need to be able to do for a developing team. I mean, uh, you bring in a head coach like Dan Campbell to bring in free agents. That's where that's how you get top-notch free agents to come to your team you don't uh really worry about what your front office is going to be able to do they have to they have to find the value there but you want to have a guy as your head coach that that players want to come play for it's your job as a front office to to find those steals of the draft and all three of those guys seem to know what they want and uh are, are pretty good at capitalizing on picking those guys so i'm really looking forward to, to the draft this year uh, there's a big decision that's going to have to be made at number seven. We talked about it last week a little bit, but now it's more uh, – it's it muddies the waters a little bit with the Stafford news. Stafford and the Lions have come out and that they are parting – they're going to part ways. Uh, Lions are going to be uh, fielding offers. And according to multiple reports, including Field Yates, there's going to be about five or six teams at least looking to get Matthew Stafford and the asking price is at least a first-round pick by uh, everything I've, I've heard. So, um, and I've looked, uh, there was one article on The Athletic looking over some past QB trades. Um, the most recent one that was uh, sort of age and uh, time of career, sort of how they were uh, play-wise on the field, uh, the Carson Palmer trade is probably the most likely what we would look for uh he get, i think the Bengals got a first and a third uh for carson palmer and that was with a carson palmer that was uh threatening to retire so the fact that stafford's not threatening any sort of retirement or anything like that he's willing to play he wants to play um that looks like it's a good sign that we should get some good draft compensation this year uh, for, for Stafford, and it's something that the Lions need uh, after the last couple of years of trade. I think that, that we'd Quinn be remiss made. if we didn't at least talk a little bit about the legacy that Matthew Stafford had at the Lions. With with us all, I think I think we've all started being Lions fans around the time that Stafford was drafted, and so we've grown up with the guy. And you can say what you want about him padding stats, you can say what you want about him not having playoff wins, but the guy is a consummate professional. The guy is always fun to watch at the end of fourth quarters. And he, it, it seems like he is really, really respected by all of his peers. For a cross-sport comparison here with, with the James Harden uh, stuff that happened with the Rockets a few weeks ago, 
it would have been totally warranted if like around the Thanksgiving game this year, Stafford was like, I want to trade that. And, and it would have been, it would have been totally, totally warranted for him to, to rightfully ask for a trade out of that horrible organization with Patricia and Quinn at the helm. So to see him handle it um, in, in what, what by all accounts has been a professional manner has been good. I just want to get multiple, multiple picks out of the deal so we can, so we can start to rebuild. I don't know if you necessarily need to take a quarterback with that seven spot, but I definitely want to at least get multiple draft picks for staff. Here's, here's a little something that can kind of muddy the waters. So what do you think? And it wouldn't – so, okay, we'll pretend they trade Stafford somewhere. They take the capital from that. Hold on. Somebody's calling me. Go away. But anyways, sorry about that. Um, but they take the capital, flip it. What about, like, someone, like, not necessarily drafting, but you go and get – because that situation is kind of shaky in New York. Like, you trade Stafford to wherever, take that capital – flip it to get uh, um, Sam Darnold, and then you use that to, like, get him help elsewhere? Or are you looking to start, like, from square one? Like, come come in and hopefully not lose that seven or, like, trade up from that seven to get one of these quarterbacks coming out of the draft? Um, personally, I, f- I think it'd be f- – if we're going to get rid of Stafford, I I would prefer to have a young player to, like – Look forward to watching grow he's again. Still meet you know on the bone I mean, as there a for Darnold. Um, like he still falls into that category. It, you know what I'm saying? Like he's been around. For him, but... Yeah, but like I, it's not the same. You know, you want to draft like I, I, sure. I. I'm just speaking from a fan. I'm not saying that I don't like Darnold on the team because I, I do still think that Darnold has a lot to give. But if I'm just telling mm-hmm. you my preference as a fan, I'd rather get one of these young guys and, and kind of watch them grow and watch them progress because this seems like it is going to be the front office and the coaching staff that will be good at developing talent just with the way all of them have done in their past uh, stops. Um, the Stafford news, though, is bittersweet. It's, you know, we've been watching this guy like Collinson for most of our Lions fandom if not all of it. So uh, to know that we'll likely never see anyone in a number nine jersey for the Detroit Lions again is kind of a bummer. Um, But I'm glad that he's going to go somewhere else and get the chance to chase a ring because he wasn't going to do it here. And hopefully, like you guys said, we get some premium draft capital to get on our way. Yeah, it definitely – the news, even though it was – we saw it coming. It definitely, it definitely was a bummer to see because um, he's he's been the guy that's carried us throughout. I mean, even in mediocrity, in, in mediocre seasons, um, he he's been the guy that's carried us to whatever sort of wins we were able to get. And so, yeah, to see to see him moving on, it, it it's going to be nice to at least see him uh, get the chance to succeed uh, in some in a better opportunity. And um, I would really like to see the Colts uh, be a buyer here uh, for Stafford. I think I think if you're the Colts and you bring in a guy like Matthew Stafford, um, he could really make you guys uh, Super Bowl contenders with the defense you already have and uh, with a more consistent guy at quarterback that can make a few more throws than, than Phillip Rivers was able to make last year. So having a guy like that behind center I think would, would really – raise the ceiling for a team like Indianapolis. But there's a, there's other teams as well. I mean, you have San Francisco that doesn't know what they want to do with yep. Jimmy G. Uh, New England, I guess, has been in there 
talk talking about uh, the potential trade for Stafford. Um, Washington is a team that needs a quarterback right now and doesn't necessarily need to uh, need to add anybody in the first round. Maybe if uh, maybe an offensive lineman, but other than that, they seem to be pretty set across the board except that quarterback, especially defensively. And so, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what we get out of them. But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely going to be weird next year not seeing Stafford under center. Uh, I got to ask you guys' odd. opinion on this. Um, a lot of the recent mock drafts I've been seeing, particularly Mel Kiper mock today, and then previous ones with the Athletic and NBC Sports. I don't know if this guy gets past the the Jets and the Falcons, but if he does, how would you guys feel about Justin Fields there at the seven pick? Um, I need to, sp- I need to spend more time with, with each of these, uh, these quarterback prospects before I really give my, my final decision. I haven't watched nearly enough of, of any of them, even though fields is probably the one I've watched the most of. Um, I would talk myself into fields pretty fast. I don't know if I'd be ecstatic, but I, I would talk myself into it. Definitely. Yeah, Fields uh, probably is my third guy uh, from the tape I've watched. Uh, I have Zach Wilson at two, and I'm assuming Wilson and Fields will both be gone. So um, that, I guess, would probably leave Trey Lance there as well as a guy that that could get taken at seven, and we talked about the prospect of that last week. Um, I've watched a little more Lance and so that that doesn't really – I'm not too worried about Lance coming in if, if need be next year, if that's the pick. But if it's Fields, I, I would probably feel much – that that would be the uh, – how do I want to phrase this? Of the guys I'm comfortable with taking at seven, he's the uh, – I, I guess because I don't feel that comfortable taking Lance – I guess he's the least comfortable of the three guys I want to take at seven, even though Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be there, obviously. Uh, but it, it feels like it, – yeah. it seems like Go Fields ahead. like computer, like just like the – it seems slightly slow, which I think that's something he could overcome. But like – and I don't want to say like because this kind of – but like he's been able to get by on like his athleticism and his arm talent. But like just, just watching, whether it be kind of like the Big Ten championship game, even a little bit with like some of the semifinals, like – just the mental computer seems to be sort of slow at times, but I think that's something with like the right coaching you can kind of fix, but it's like, you're not going to really get much better quality yeah. coaches than at Ohio state as much as I hate to say that, you know what I'm saying? So like, if it's something that hasn't been fixed yet, but there, he's still like, there's still enough time to get that corrected. But like, if that could with like the proper good, coaching, yeah. he'd be a steal at yeah. seven. I don't think he'll be there, but like I said, it depends what kind of capital they can get from Stafford, depending on where they would trade him to, and then to immediately flip that capital mm-hmm. and try to move up. But if you stick at number seven, I don't think Lance, Trey Lance, I don't think he's a horrible option. And the one mock I'm looking at now, uh, Jordan Reed from the Draft Network, I like their their mocks quite a bit. They have him at seven going to the Lions. So yeah. if, you could, if you could somehow like finesse See, and finagle and get Fields, I think he's worth the project. There's a lot more upside there. And there would be downside. Um, yeah, he just wouldn't be a day one. I don't think Fields or Lance uh, are as ready as not. Wilson and Lawrence but are it's day like, one, personally. 
And so you, so I mean, you have Chase Daniel, but I don't. I hope that you cut him and bring in a different quarterback for on a one-year deal, uh, just to just to uh, bridge the gap uh, for the for the guy you bring in. And and you're right, Joe. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of physical attributes there for Fields, but um, the one thing I have seen a lot of and some and some scouting tapes I've seen that have sort of picked on certain. Uh, certain things of his game is that he's, he's a really, when he, when he's looking yep. at routes, he's a, he's a one and done type of guy. If his first, if his first option isn't there, uh, yeah. he's, he's going to tuck and run. Yeah. And so um, he, there was a lot of early game film too, against some of the lesser opponents that they played. Um, he, he sticks on a route for a very long time because he knows the wide receivers he has are so maybe that might be the case is because he knows that wide receiver is going to get open within seconds. So he just sticks on it. But that, that sort of worries me a little bit that he doesn't scan the field as much as, uh, as some of these other top prospects do. I mean, when you watch Lawrence, I mean, he's, he's looking all over the field. It seems like uh, looking at um, trying to, trying to fool the defense in any way he can. And it doesn't seem like fields has that ability just yet to do that. Uh but go ahead, Dan. Oh, I no, think I was that's uh, that's what scares me about a guy like him is the fact that uh, that's not a thing that you easily develop as a quarterback. I feel like that's yeah. kind of second nature to you. It's either you are that type of quarterback and you are like a, a field general and you understand what's going on at all times or you have to be like heavily coached. And um, when you have a quarterback who was heavily coached, you know, things kind of start to feel mechanic and I don't know some of the like these guys are special like you want them to be able to make plays outside of the offense but if you can't read the field and you can't go to a second or a third before running the ball then um, it's kind of hard to do that I don't know I'd rather of course you'd rather have one of Wilson or Lawrence but yeah it would take me a while to warm up to to fields I think there's just some things that are hard to get over about him. He's yeah. he's just intriguing to me because the one the one takeaway the one critique you could say of Stafford in his time in Detroit is he was never really mobile. Like he could he could use his legs and scramble to get the first down when he absolutely needed to, but in terms of like guys like um what we've seen out of uh, Lamar Jackson, what we've seen out of Deshaun Watson, even what we've seen out of Josh mm-hmm. Allen, he was never going to be that type of quarterback. So I would just be interested to see how it looks to have Fields and Swift in the backfield just with like the read option type stuff. I, I would just be curious to see how it looks from that perspective. But yeah, I get what you guys are saying about the progression yeah. stuff. I just think that it'd be if, if you if you if you were to get rid of Stafford and, and roll in with Fields, it wouldn't necess- it would it would be yes it would be a little bit of a project but i i love the upside you see with fields there especially with the way that football has been has been leaning the last couple of years um so well i think that's why i like lance i think i might like lance more than him because i think that lance is a better runner so i feel like if you're going to go in on the runner i don't know maybe you take the bigger project and lance and you kind of really go in like i don't know i just and he's way more likely to be there at seven two than Fields. Yeah, yeah. But if you're gonna yeah, if you're he, gonna he kind of commit to the rebuild, there, do you kind of take sure. that home run shot to move up and to look? Because I think that's what you're getting with Fields. Is like it's really swinging for the I fences. Where if you hit, 
it's going to be awesome. And then, unfortunately, if he is kind of more much the same, you can't coach him out of it. Well, then it's back to square one. But if you're in a rebuild already, you may as well swing well, for the fences, right? I No, because they have so yeah. little draft capital okay. this year already. That's the only reason I can't, like – see like bring picks in for Matt Stafford and then immediately ship him away for a chance at Justin Fields. I don't know. That feels like a thing that if it goes wrong in three years, you know, that ends an entire regime. I'd rather them get more draft assets, take more swings in the draft and just try to build out a better roster and take whatever's there at seven. I I think we can all agree that if they don't go quarterback, the guy that is uh, and we talked about it last week. The guy that we would really like to see there at seven to really help uh, make the defense a little better is uh, is Absolutely. Mike Parsons out of Penn State. I think that's the, I think that's a no brainer pick uh, if you're the that's Lions. That, Kellen, dude, we didn't get your thoughts on it last week, but I assume that, you we'll are close to our thinking. As a coverage linebacker, oh my god, with 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 how right? little we've seen out of yeah. Davis and um, out of. Uh, God, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the Hawaiian linebacker? Yeah, Tavai. what we've seen out of the lack of that that we've Jelani, seen out of Tavani and Jared Davis to, to have Parsons bring in. Obviously, you want to kind of get a quarterback into that room, especially with how talented this draft class looks to be. But I, if, if, if you're looking to even trade back in the draft and get and pick up some more draft capital – I wouldn't hate taking Parsons with that, like like with that seven, maybe maybe drop a little bit to the ten or eleven, and it's like twelve, yeah, twelve, and then, thirteen, and then something maybe like Lance that. Is still there when you when you when you drop when you drop back too. He could be the guy. One of these we've watched enough drafts now. One of these guys is going to fall. One of these guys is going to fall. Mm-hmm. Whether it's Fields, whether it's Wilson, whether it's Lance, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Kyle Trask, one of them is going to fall to that spot. And if we look at all of those names, I think I'd honestly be content with pretty much every one of them uh, in terms of a rebuild process because we know the Lions are going to be bad this year anyway. So might as well, like, like build upon that, you know? Yeah, Trask is probably the only guy in that list that I, I'm a little hesitant on. Uh, I've, I've been really surprised uh, with, with – I was really surprised with Mac Jones, how he played this year. Um, I wouldn't mind Trask maybe in like the second uh, if you wanted to go quarterback, but I think in the first it might be a little early. But you're right. There's so many There's so many good, uh, talented quarterbacks in this draft class. But even next year, uh, I think uh, D'Angelo and I were talking about this last night a little bit, the guys next year that they have, uh, that, this is, that the draft is going to have, um, Keaton Slovis, uh, Sam, uh, it's mm-hmm. Sam Howell, right, from, from North some... Carolina? Yeah. Um, would you? Would Ua Galale, I'm butchering that last name, but DJ Ua Galale from uh, Clemson. Uh, I don't know if he will be draft eligible. I, he I was thought a, he was If he was a redshirt freshman this year, then he would be. Um, yeah. Okay, if he's a true freshman, then he's got two more years. Um, but uh, nevertheless, there, there's at least two guys that are going to be at the top of the draft. And uh, Zach Wilson was a guy that coming into this year wasn't was an unknown name. He wasn't somebody that was that was at the top of a lot of draft boards. And so you're going to have other guys develop and and get in there. And so there's going to be another another class next year of three or four top tier guys that you could go after. And if they're going to be bad again next year, why not uh, make sure you get your can't miss prospect in like a, in a Micah Parsons and and hope and 
get a guy that uh, and get a quarterback next year that that's uh, a little younger and and maybe fits what you're off and, and see what your offense needs and get a guy that sort of fits that. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, my only then I would just hope that we're not committing to a season of of Chase Daniel because I know that I would hate watch every Lions game next year, even though I yeah um, wouldn't be enjoying it. Bring it, bring in Cam. Bring I couldn't do a for a one year either, but I couldn't do a James year. No, that would be fun. I could. I dude, he's so much. Fun. Oh my god, I would love a James. He's year. like, he's like everything. Like he's he's good, so but he's like fun. everything that was like bad with Stafford. If that makes sense. Exactly. That's what makes like if we're gonna be bad, yeah. why not like, just have a fun quarterback? He's gonna, gonna put up like thirty while we do it. He's gonna put up like thirty and thirty. Yeah. If I'm Jameis after looking, I think he's be- I think he's better than that. I do. I, I actually do. If if I'm yeah, Jameis, exactly. you got LASIK, man. You can um, see now that Tom Brady had in the in the playoff game on Sunday. I'd be where he threw three touchdowns and three picks, and two of them were real ugly in that second half. I'd be a little pissed that I that I don't have a starting job. So I I would I would I would love it. I would love a Winston season. That'd be fun. I'd be I'd love that. That'd be really fun. I think I think it'd be a blast. I really do. Yeah, I can't imagine that they keep that that this regime keeps Chase Daniel around though. That would that would just yeah. be shocking to me. Well, but David because I think David they can cut him and save like two or three million, which is better than nothing. No, we're committing uh, to the well, James here, Joe. We're speaking it into I would existence. rather have David. I'd rather have. I'd rather have Blau than uh, than Daniel. I kind of would be honest, key, from what we've seen from both. I of would them. too. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I guess uh, I guess that's a good time to transition over to uh, the matchups from this past weekend. I was only able to watch one of the games this past weekend, but it was the best one of the two uh, from what I'm able to gather. Uh, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. Brady does it again. He leads his team to an, yet another Super Bowl. This will be his 10th Super Bowl game he's played in. Um or, yes, his tenth that he's played in, and um, it's insane to think about at forty-three years old that this guy's still going. And uh, granted, his first half was really good last week. Second half uh, sort of looked like sleepy Tom. Uh, didn't didn't look like the same guy that we saw in the first half, especially on that last uh, last play of the half uh, to send him into the locker room with a big lead, um, but. That defense, man, they came up in the biggest spots, and 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 it just well, shows you what uh, a guy like Devin White can do for uh, for your defense. I mean, he came up with huge plays time after time out there. Yeah, he was their their whole defense. They had, uh, I think, both Shaq Barrett and JPP came away with two sacks in that game. They were they were really getting after Rodgers in a way that we haven't seen a lot of teams do all year so they made it yeah they made it pretty uncomfortable for them and those corners that they have made like they played well enough um to slow the packers receiving court down and it it worked they they held them enough yeah. and refs didn't call any flags except for the last except one. for the last uh, one. That, which it worked which i mean like it like I'm not disagreeing that I'm not disagreeing. It wasn't 
I'm, I'm not disagreeing that it was a flag. It definitely was. But there were there were countless other penalties that they just let go through the throughout the entire game that uh, easily could have been called yes. as well. So like that's that's the thing that frustrates me. Like if you're going to let them play, let them play. If you're not, then like call but you can't the, be too uh, mad at that play. though because Matt Lafleur basically gave away the game yep. when he didn't want he didn't when he kicked, when he kicked the field goal there. Yeah. When you have when you have the guy who's been who's been touted up as yeah. the most talented quarterback in the NFL over the last decade, and you don't let him go for that fourth down play, that is just a bonehead decision by all means. I I don't understand the. I guess the logic of it would be that if you kick the field goal and get them to and get a three and out from Tampa, you get the you get you get Rodgers on his home turf with a minute left. I guess would be the logic, but it's I. It only need. And all he needs is a touchdown and not a touchdown and a two point conversion. That was the only thing I could think of, but you're right. It was completely. Like, uh, yeah. And I get the whole analytics the card. Like, again, I get the theory behind it. When it comes, when it's a situation like that, you put the ball in your best player's hands and you win or die by your best player. Like, that's just how football works. Again, I get the analytics card, I get mm-hmm. the thinking, but you, you, you got to leave it up to your best player to decide the outcome of the game. Like that—that's just a no-brainer in the history of ever. Like, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like again, I—I I get analytics, but sometimes people I feel like are leaning on them a little too much, and you just need to use your football brain. Like, do what works. Why? Why try to change it, or why try to make get fancy with it? Like, just do it, right? Yeah, they take the they take the percentages. You know, you hear that like seventy five percent of the time this happens. Yeah, seventy five percent of the time. Goal. But like, I, I totally agree. I think actually use your, I think use your football brain is a, is a perfect thing to describe that feeling because it's just like we saw some really bad field goals this weekend, and it wasn't just in this game. Um, but that one, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I didn't understand it especially being that close, you know, you're that far down in the red zone. Mm-hmm. You still would have had a chance to stop them and try to force a three and out. It's not like it would have made it any different. I just think you got to like, go for the oh. touchdown there. And I think there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of pushback on, or, or yeah. Rogers been getting a lot of flack for not running that in when he, ha- when he looked like he had an open lane. But the when they sort of gave that uh, that sort of all twenty two look where you were, you were able to see behind Rogers, his angle if he takes I don't think he gets he in definitely gets with the first three guys in yeah but you don't right have to there. score you just have to get the I first I think he made the was it goal I, I think they were in a, they oh, were in a goal I think they they were in a goal to go yeah, situation sure. though yeah it was goal to, yeah it was goal to go so like you I mean if you don't get in there I mean yeah you have a fourth and goal from the three or four maybe but. Um, I think he made the right decision by trying to by trying to get a touchdown because I think he thought that they were just going to go still, for it if they didn't. Get Adams, it. he had like he that, was sitting that with was two linebackers point. on him. Was that like and I realize like however the play develops, but even if you're going to throw it, and I get you got to be cognizant about where like the line of scrimmage is so you don't pass that. Still, that was that wasn't even the best option though, because wasn't yeah. Tunyon and wasn't yeah. even Lazard kind of open, at least less covered than what Adams was. Yeah. yeah, they were definitely less less covered than what Adams was because he was blanking it. And like again, sides. I get you kind of get that like happy feet, and again, you need to be cognizant yeah. of the line of scrimmage, so you are starting to move out the pocket, and you're like, oh shoot, like I better get rid of it. But like, 
if you're not going to try to run it yourself and again, at least get close, maybe get down to like the two or the three, you got to keep your eyes up. And that to me, he just kind of, he just kind of folded, which isn't something you always necessarily see out of Rogers. He always seems to keep his eyes upfield and make that right decision. Yeah. Yeah. I think Noah probably hit the nail on the head. He probably thought he had another down, honestly. Yeah, and you, I, I just that's that's all. I mean, in real time, you think that oh yeah, he's he should have he should have taken that just because of the angle we saw. But there was a corner hidden behind one of the wide receivers there, um, and there was another corner off the screen that you couldn't see, or there was at least another uh, guy deep that you couldn't see on the screen that would have been able to come up and meet Rogers before he got into the end zone. So uh, yeah, I I think keeping it and throwing it was the right decision, but who he threw it to, I can. I can definitely understand how that was the wrong decision there in that situation. But that gives us a Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes Super Bowl. If you guys want to touch on the, the Chiefs-Bills games from last uh, – Chiefs-Bills game from last week, uh, go ahead. Um, like I said, I didn't catch uh, any of that, but it seemed like it was Chiefs all the way uh, from start just to start. Well, of, not from start. Just but, kind of uh, like with like Brady when he was with the Pats. Like what just kind of stinks for the Bills is they're like – and I mean, and it's anything, whether it be whether the NBA with Jordan, like they're just like peaking and getting good at the wrong time. Like they're a damn good team, but it's not like Kansas City in its current form is really going to be going anywhere. Right. Like maybe in a couple of years, you start to lose some pieces. But for the most part, all of their guys are under contract. So like they're just good at the wrong time. Like I think if and obviously it's sort of an obvious thing to say, but if they're playing, let's pretend somehow um, Cleveland in the AFC championship game. I think Buffalo wins that. Like, there's just there's just nothing you can do about KC, which which sucks for Buffalo because they're good. They're right there. They're where they're getting where they need to be, but it's just at the wrong time. They're just running into the kind of you know blue blood at this point that Kansas City has turned into. I think it was uh, Colin Cowherd who was saying yesterday that the Chiefs kind of kind of they kind of feel Warriors esque in the way that they're playing offensive football and the way it kind of feels like unstoppable at times. I mean. The combination of Hill and Kelsey all over the field is just unstoppable. And the way they're able to put up points so quickly, I mean, you, you look you look back and the, the, the Bills take a 9-0 lead and then all of a sudden it's Chiefs yep. 21-9 and it feels like the game's already over. Like, if, if, if all those pieces are healthy, no one's really going to challenge them from an offensive standpoint, I think, for at least the next couple of years. Um, so I, 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 I'd be – I'm going to be hammering the Chiefs uh, with the new with with Mich- with Michigan legal betting now. I'm going to be hammering the Chiefs on Super Bowl just because I, I if the line right now is at minus three. Oh. I would honestly look at taking them honestly like minus seven. It's really they they the way they can pour on points so easily is is incredible. I th- of course like that. there's nothing I can say that can like be new to say about their offense. Even, They're incredible always, and they the have a million ways that they can though. beat you. Um, but we, that's, that's what I was about to say, and there's, like, one specific group that I was really b- kind of blown away by in the game that I didn't expect them to play so well. Their DBs are, are a lot better than oh, I think absolutely. people give them credit yeah, for. Of course, they've got Tyron Matthew. Um, but, yeah, and Juan Thornhill's pretty good as a second safety. Uh, but their corners are like are, are pretty, pretty good, I and mean, they're pretty young. You know, they've got Rashad Breland still, 
who's you got decent. Hurt, They've got Charverius Ward, who was really good and spent most of his time. Where did he come back? Uh, he, I thought he, he was covering some, some digs for most yeah. of the game. I think he came back. Um, and Legarius Sneed really is had. the rookie. That guy's a monster. He's he's just, he's so good. He's so good at blitzing off the edge, and he's going to be a really good cover guy. He's he's fast. He's big. They uh they've got some good guys in the secondary, and I think that's another reason why it's gonna it's just going to be hard for the Bucks to beat them. Let alone like and why it was hard for the Bills to beat them because these guys they they were they were pretty sticky in coverage, um, at least versus what they, we thought they would be versus one of the best passing attacks in the league. Um, they're ready for it. They're good. They're, they're a lot better than I think they generally get credit for. What makes, what that, makes that me nervous, really like looking ahead to the Super Bowl though, is like, so, okay, obviously, um, who's that, uh, CMU lineman that got hurt for Casey? Eric Fisher. Yeah. Sure. Like, I don't think Eric like Fisher. that's, that's going to be the biggest key here because I think, They'll be able to get to Mahomes, but then can they just cover the wide receivers? That's that's going to be the biggest thing. Is what what is that secondary going to be able to do? But they look pretty good against Green Bay and Winfield. Like all these guys that had missed time or wasn't hundred percent like healthy in the championship games are coming back. Like I know Elaris going to be hundred percent. Watkins will be good to go. Bell will be good to go. And again, it's just crazy that you take this offense and you're already adding these pieces to it, right? Like this offense that didn't even sputter without them. Well, that's the thing. I I don't know. I I feel so confident in Andy Reid and their offensive staff's ability to be able to scheme up a way to keep Pat clean. You know what I mean? To keep him on the move, to keep running backs in the backfield, extra tight ends, whatever they have to do to kind of carry that extra burden of losing both of their starting tackles um, before the Super Bowl. I think that they will scheme up a way to keep him clean and they only need they don't need the extra receivers on the field to get open because they have such high level receivers that they could really go two receivers one tight end and still destroy you in heavy person so like they have so many options that i think they'll be able to find a way to keep pat clean from the pass rush that was really effective and like what makes me nervous too is just like the intangibles that like you can't like quantify right because like since there's been that clip going where, like, Michael Hardman, like, muffed the punt, and then you had, like, Kelsey going up to him, Mahomes going up to him and be like, hey, yo, keep your head up. Like, you got this next. And he scores the next play. Like, just the continuity of this Chiefs team compared to what's going on in Tampa, right? Like, Kansas City's battles together. Where Tampa, this is their first mm-hmm. time. And not to say that, like, the Tom Brady factor isn't a real thing. And they are kind of starting to click, obviously, as the season's gone along. But that's just what makes me nervous is that, like, Kansas City's been there, done that. So there's just that continuity together that's always going to be dangerous. It's going to be a hell of a game for sure. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's sort of like a – I don't know if you guys have mentioned this yet, but it's sort of like a passing of the torches, I think it could could turn out to be with uh, Mahomes and Brady. If Mahomes is able to pull this out, it uh, it sort of – proves that the Chiefs are the next great dynasty um, like, you know, like Brady was with the Patriots. Like, this is going to be a team that, sure, we like them right now. It, it's cool to watch them right now, but 
sooner or later we're gonna we're gonna be sick and tired of seeing the Chiefs making it to all these Super Bowls and Patrick Mahomes uh, lighting up uh, every single team he he plays. And so um, th- this could be a start of something really great for Kansas City, even though they were off to a really good start last year with that Super Bowl, Super Bowl win over San Francisco. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be a real fun game to watch for sure. Um, both defenses are sort of clicking at the right time. Uh, and uh, it could be it could be a, uh, a punch in the mouth and see who, uh, who gets up first sort of game. Or it, it could be a shootout. I mean, it, it could go really either way, I think. I don't think uh, looking at it one way or another, um, I don't I don't think for sure we're going to see – I definitely don't think we're going to see a 13-3 to game like New England and L.A. from a couple years ago. I, I definitely don't think it's going to be that kind of game. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a fun one nonetheless. Uh, In terms of – What are some bets you guys like, have this uh, week that are like, uh, interesting uh, just, to you? Just, just this upcoming week? Oh. No, I I'm I, I, uh, don't, I'm I don't know looking what the at Super line Bowl is bets. for it yet. That, that, that's what I, I that's what I got. A lot of the props uh, haven't come up yet, but I'd be interested to see what it is for both Brady and Mahomes to throw a pick. I'd imagine it'd be something like plus one eighty or plus two twenty type type of thing. But we saw Brady obviously throw three of them, two of them really ugly in that game. And if the Bucks yeah. are pressuring Mahomes, that um the uh, D'Angelo was talking. Was just talking about the Kansas City secondary. The Bucks secondary has has been no slouch either. And that Sean Murphy bunting has now been the he's the first player in NFL history to get an interception in his first three playoff games. So that's I I if if you can get another one, I, that I think you cash in you cash in on that bet easily. Let's see, I like that. Like I said, props are coming out. I don't know everything. Again, like, I was talking with, like, Kellen earlier, like, in the week from just, like, the championship games. Like, my heart says Kansas City, but my brain says Tampa. Like, I don't know. I, really? Yeah. Why does your, like, your brain say Tampa? Just the size of Brady's nuts. Like, he's proved in time and time again. Like, oh, like, when you count him out, he's here. And he's a dog in this game. So, that's basically begging you to take anything Tampa, whether that be the point spread or, like, money line, like, to me, like Tom Brady being a dog, and it makes a bajillion percent. Like I get it, but like I just can't. It's just his nuts, man. I can't. I can't bet against TB12. The so, thing is, the thing about that matchup for me is, you kind of got to get a a signature great game out of Brady in the Super Bowl to have faith in the Bucks. For me, like if he throws, if he throws three picks in this game against the Chiefs. The Chiefs win this game by twenty-one, and we say it's one of the more boring Super Bowls that we end up, that we end up. Yeah, because it's hard to overcome. Yeah, and Kansas City definitely has like the offensive firepower to like mm-hmm. over like to like take advantage of those extra possessions. But and again, the problem is like again at this point, Kansas City has been there, done that too. Tom Brady's been there, done that ten times. Granted, come away with only six, but still, that's a, you sure. like that percentage. Like that's just nuts. That's a dominance that we haven't seen and I think more than anything not to take anything away from Bill's coaching but this sort of year away from Bill's kind of proved like okay maybe a lot of that success was more on Tom than it was on Bill I think that the the Brady Belichick narrative and the the 
way we're going to talk about that um, over these next couple weeks is going to be a little unfair to both sides because I, I think they're both um, the best at what they've at the, they're the both the best at their profession. Like, so they can both be that. I don't know if one meant more to the, I'm sure they both meant more to it at different times, you know? Um, like I, like Belichick was more valuable in the Rams Super Bowl and Brady could have been more valuable in the Falcons Super Bowl. It's just like, it, there's, that's how it is, you know? Uh, I don't, I don't think one is, is better than the other, but I do have a bet that I kind of like, um, you mentioned how Michael Hardman bounced back from the, from the fumble to score a touchdown in the AFC championship. And I think he'll do it again on FanDuel. You can get a prop with, uh, Hardman to score a touchdown and the chiefs to win for plus 350. I like that. Um, I like that. You can, you can do that with a few different. Um, offensive players on Kansas City, but I like. That's what they even do with Hardman. Like, it doesn't even have to be like a receiving like pass. Like, it could be they love to run like little screens and stuff with him. And he's just so athletic. Like, there's a billion ways Hardman can score. I like that. That's that should be. Mm-hmm. I would take that. But like I said, I don't know. I think I'm going all in on Bucks everything. By the way, yes, real quick, yes, do you I guys saw, want free money tomorrow? This, is, this 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 deal that FanDuel is doing is insane. The the Pistons, yes, the Pistons are plus ninety two point five. Yeah, tomorrow. that's not bad. And you can get that for minus one ten. That's free money from the free money store. Yep, because that's not bad. You're getting it's a little under. Yeah, just wanted you it's guys. It's a special promo. It's a max bet like of fifty bucks. Because three one three is the area code for Detroit, so like for every three hundred and thirteen people that take the bet, they move the they move the line another point. And it started out at like ten and a half, and now it's at yeah. I took it when it was at like plus sixty seven. So nice. I, yeah, I got it at plus ninety two and a half. <laughs> I guess I can give a quick uh, a quick free money bet for. Uh... Uh, DraftKings users. Um, I think it's also a minimum bet of $50 as well. Um, on Saturday, uh, during the Warriors oh. games, it's plus 100 if the Pistons hit a three-point. Love those bets. So that's like, liter- that's like literally yeah. free money. You are going to double it no matter what happens. So that'll be That'll be an easy one for uh, for Pistons Dude. fans to take, and I know I'm going to take that after all the losses I have been taking uh, this past week. And so, um, as far as as far as Super Bowl bets go, um, one thing that I've noticed uh, looking over Super Bowl results uh, are, is the final score. Um, we haven't had a game closer than three points since 2013. Uh, the line for the Chiefs is minus three and a half. Um, and that is at plus 102. And I like the Chiefs that they're going to win, and I think they're going to win by more than uh, – I I think that's an easy – if you think the Chiefs are going to win, I would definitely take that on the point spread. too, to see if you can get like, at, Chiefs at minus, minus 10 and a half because you can probably get plus plus odds for stuff like that. Because there's a – I think the most – yeah. Yeah, those haven't, those haven't came out yet, but, yeah, you're right. That would be uh, – yeah, that would be. Oh, there's. Yeah, there's a Chiefs minus one and a half for plus one twelve, which is odd to me that it's more. But uh, I'm I'm new. So oh, that's just the, that's just quarter one. Never mind. Never mind. That makes more sense. And, okay. 
Yeah, I, so I that, 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 yeah, you're right. Those haven't uh, those haven't come out yet, especially in the Super Bowl. Yeah. If we're talking, if we're talking, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, and then one. No, I was just gonna say one other one that I really like, and it, it goes off of uh, Joe's favorite playoff uh, performer, <laughs> playoff Lenny. Uh, he's at plus one twenty to score this week or next weekend, and I I like those odds. Uh, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna find his way into the end zone. I think uh, if anything, they'll be able to score on That's the a, ground. Yeah, uh, I like that with, with Fournette. I like it. And I'm not gonna put money on Kenny any of Clark. these because yeah. I didn't put yeah, money on my bet last week and it hit. So for you guys yeah, out there, right. I put money on it because I'm not gonna. Yeah, Kenny Clark getting a sack, even though I said it was a good bet to again me too. But then I looked at it. But this sack. is where yeah, and this, this is where sacks, like the analytics and the brain come in. Like sometimes you just gotta take that gut the feeling. Week prior. Sure. Like as soon as that happened, yeah, I like texted I you, and then you're like, I ended up. The, you were like, I ended up not taking drive it. The game. I was, I was mad for you or something. <laughs> yeah, I. You're telling me, man. That was, and I was only gonna. I, I could have made. I think it was like, I was just gonna put five bucks on it. Also, I think I got close to sixty. Or if something we're just like talking that, like so you know wager and stuff pretty, like that, I've, I've had. It. I'm done with NBA but, overs. You know, you live and you learn. Well, your issue is you're betting on the Bulls. No, I was no, 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 no. no. It was the fact that like they can't play defense, so I figured Boston. Like it was nuts. They had sixty <laughs> points at the half. It was like, ah, oh, sick. We might get this. It was like two twenty eight. Ended up being like two twenty four. Like, but even still, but even, see the the issue with a lot of the they always too damn high. A lot of the bets I see that you tell me that you that you take, Joe. The issue that I find with them is that obviously it's fun to bet with your home team and with teams you root for, but like it's the Bulls against the Celtics, man. Like that's like you got like you gotta think a little bit with your head there before you Well I also play. had I also had freaking uh Levine and Tatum to get sixty plus, missed that by like six. Tatum had like twenty four. Levine got his thirty. Dude Jalen Brown well, that was Tatum's no. first game back. I realized that, but that's hey, that's sometimes when big performances yeah, Tatum, happen. Tatum hadn't played in Tatum had played in two weeks. You know what's been a fun bet? I've taken it a couple times now. Um, you guys know what P, uh, yeah. do PR, PRA ever? No. It's uh, points, rebounds, and assists. Jeremy Grant has hit on like three of the last four points, rebounds, uh-huh. and assists. That's a fun bet to take watching Pistons games because he hmm. always he always gets around like 24, 25 points. So you add up some rebounds in there. The, the line always is around like thirty mm-hmm. and a half to thirty two and a half. I think it, 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 it's 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 a fun wrinkle to add for watching Pistons. Games. And another another thing that's not fun that I've do, I said I was done with it, but I kept drinking the Kool Aid with stupid Zion three plus oh, dunks, yeah. asshole. No, dude. Hey, okay. Joe. Yeah, I don't want to. And I understand that, and I take that to account. But it gets boosted to like plus three fifty. How do you not take that? But it's three fifty, man. It's not worth it because he's not going to do. That's a good return if we even. I know, but I keep drinking the Kool Aid. It's going to hit one of these days, but I'm done with it. 
it's I'm telling you, you gotta give it up, man. <laughs> the one thing I did last night, um uh the money lines yeah, move obviously uh as the games are going on and so the the Sixers at midway through the first or like at the end of the first quarters or at the end of the first quarter right. were like plus one sixty five money line. And you know the Pistons, they suck. You figured that they were gonna they were gonna blow that game last night. So I thought, hey, hey you're uh, your let's man go Wayne money line Sixers here. It's a it's an easy win. Well so <laughs> Dude's gonna get us Josh like I was Christopher, able, and I can't believe uh, it. It's, like it's I, insane that like I had Wayne seen, like I, I did it before I saw like Embiid wasn't gonna play, it's, but I had it, like Sixers minus seven at like plus one ten. I was like, all right, it's the Pistons, easy money. And then like I'm looking, I'm like okay, like it's still in reach, whatever. They're only down by like ten, no problem. Like swings <laughs> happen in basketball games, and then they they lost. Ridiculous. Um, since we're, we're going bad beats, I did have a bad beat this weekend. I had a, I think it was a five leg parlay on, uh, Bill's chiefs. Every part of it hit except for the Josh Allen. I had an alternate, uh, passing yards line and I believe I needed him to get 350 yards and I would have won like 150 bucks on a $5 parlay. And I, your parlays, go, go, go last leg. Nope. Like that was the other day. Shoot. I took it. I did. I did hit a last like oh, it hurt so one bad. of the sites. I did hit a three-team parlay on Friday of Bulls pace. It was Bulls to, and I think I think I took the Bulls to win against the Hornets. I want to say Pacers. So prop. So props there, Joe. Pacers against the Magic, and then the Rockets beat the Pistons, and that was plus six seventy. And I hit that one of my free bets, dude. So that was fun. like the other day. It was oh shoot, probably like Thursday. I took an eight legs just money line NHL parlay. Right, I'm sweating it out. Like Tampa goes to overtime, Boston goes to overtime. Those hit. I'm hitting. I'm hitting. Let's rock and roll. It was like I had it boosted too, like because like they give you like every day you get a free like boost on a parlay more than three legs. So, bro, this shit was, like, up to, like, plus 2,000-something, right? I'd have been in the money. I'd have been, like, Scrooge McDuck, like, just rolling in the dough, right? Nope. Stupid, stupid Colorado Avalanche lose to the Kings. <laughs> like, I stayed up until, like, 1 in the morning to finish watching that game. I was like, all right, let's go. Like, boom, let's and, – and the stupid Avalanche, who, if you don't really follow hockey, are probably one of the favorites in the West, and the Kings stink – yeah, they still have Jonathan Quick, but he's seen better days. Like, I don't know what's up with Los Angeles. And then they freaking lose, bro. I was – oh, man, I was so mad. I'm done, I'm done with parlays. I think tonight, little uh, college hoops, little Red River showdown. I got – I like Oklahoma. I took Oklahoma money line for that. I realized Shaka Smart is out. I guess having, a col- like, a coach out maybe means a little bit more with, like, college athletes and stuff like that than it would for, like, pros. So, like, that's a fun little wrinkle. But then yesterday, uh, is Oklahoma favorite? What? Is Oklahoma favorite in that game, yeah. or is Texas favorite? Texas. In that game? I I don't know. I ride with that. But they, but Texas should be, like, huh? Yeah, Oklahoma's Oklahoma's yeah, pretty garbage. I might ride with you on that. That's sound logic. It's, it's smart. That's what I'm saying. And like Oklahoma's like plus one seventy money line. Like yesterday, West Virginia won, so that was big for the Big Twelve. So like it's still kind of them and like Texas at the top, like. I don't know. Maybe Texas just crumbles. Again, Texas is damn good. Like, they're pulling it together. But, again, 
not having a coach, I think that means slightly more for college athletes. And again, it's Red River showdown. Anything you ever get, Oklahoma and Texas, regardless of the sport, like there's just going to be bad blood. So I'm riding with Oklahoma tonight. No. Coach Kaza. Dude, yeah. Coach Kaza. I hate You don't like Georgia Tech, dude? Was, was freaking ridiculous. Like, I've been. That was. Yeah. Ooh. He asked so, him so simple. The reporter, the reporter, he asked yeah, I saw that he, I saw that he apologized. What did the reporter yeah. ask him? That's a legitimate, that's a good question. That's a good question. Like, like, if like, dude, I've walked. If you're, if you're gonna make an example out of somebody, do it with like the athletic. He's such a guy. professional. Yeah, I hate, I hate Coach K so much. Twenty journalist, like, what a dick. Like I've long time. Yeah, like I've long time been like a he, big he, like um, like you. <laughs> if we're talking sucks. like UNC, I, like UNC, sucks. like Duke, I've always been like UNC. Oh man, I just I hate it. And then. And then soon, too, we're going to get a fake injury from Coach K if this keeps going off the rails. He's going to have a magic back injury. Back surgery, yep. Like, oh, <laughs> dude, he's, 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 he's such a weenie, man. I hate him. And I get it. Team USA, great things. Yeah, that's fantastic. But, no, nah, dude, I'm done with Coach K. He's a bum. I'll give you, I'll give you guys one more, one more bet before we get out of here now that we're on college basketball. You go into Barstool Sportsbook, Michigan is plus 400 to win the Natty right now. This is kind of a wide open year. I do like basketball. I do like it. That sucks though. Like, and it makes sense that like if this new Rona variant is like kind of you know going around AA, it really is. But that sucks that they have to shut down. Like they were rolling. Oh, guys. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. I'm so yeah, glad that like they they finally tough, hit on a Michigan man. Like the like an instance from, of where it works. Back from the break. I just love what you want. As hot as they work. Like they're gonna. And that's the thing too. Like he wasn't taking over a bad program. Like Stop. Beeline already kind of had like wait had it built up pretty well. So it's not like he was tough at stepping into a tough situation. But just like just the connection stuff that Juwan had, just from like obviously being long in the NBA and like already having kind of been a player coach with his last years there in Miami. Like, oh man, dude, what if he get what if he gets Zaire Wade, dude? Well, but, but okay, what's, fine. Yeah, but what's e- fun? either either of them, he could easily well, either I, get Wade or LeBron. Not just from the so. time that he spent with them in Miami, like just so you know, that'd be legit. You know how much? It's yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a oh, definite yeah. possibility, especially with, like that's the thing that's been the most fun about him. I think is that you know before we we got these teams who were like you, you got some high-level recruits that were interested in the program, but they either uh, changed their mind at the last second or just overall didn't come. But he's bringing an elite talent on top of actually being a really good coach and having a system that looks like it's going to work. It's going to be so much fun when he gets that class in next year. I I can't wait. I, I love what he's been doing with the team. Michigan versus Michigan State oh, next it's gonna year be so is going to be a hell of a game. I'm telling you that right now. Because Michigan State's bringing in Max Christie, Jay Nakins, Pierre Brooks. Um, oh, God, how am I blanking on the last one? There's one more guy. There's a fourth guy in the class that I'm blanking on right now. And I know I shouldn't be. But, um, yeah, 
either way, and Michigan State's going to bring back basically everybody oh, from this year's and team. And just speaking of like college basketball, uh, yeah, next year, you guys pay a little more attention to like recruits and stuff like that than I do. Who's that? Yeah. Who's that one dude? He's like seven one. He's skinny as shit. Dude, dude, he makes me so angry watching him because it's like, Chet, bro, just like eat Chet an extra Holmgren, sandwich, man. Chet Holmgren, dude, dude, can, like he's ooh. so. I love. How is he so gangly? I think he. I think he does. He does. Like he works out a ton. Like he. Act, like he's actually trying to. I just don't think his body. I mean, there was a. I mean, I mean, it's it's comparing different hmm. types of athletes. But my dad had a kid a couple of years ago who was super gangly, and then his like senior year, he put on like thirty pounds of muscle. Because so like call. I've like yeah. seen like highlights of him come across my timeline, and like I just want to puke up. Like, bro, no, he's gonna he's gonna be a hooper. He's gonna and he's and he's gonna go to. I think he's going to Gonzaga, or, uh, Minnesota. I think it's fun. I love. seeing yeah. He seems like a Gonzaga type of player. Yeah. And, and that his, would make uh, sense. I like Mark his teammate, Jalen Suggs, from high school at Minnehaha in Minnesota. He, uh, Suggs went out to Gonzaga as well, so they have sort of a connection there. And uh, Minnesota, his dad, he's from Minnesota, and uh, and his dad played at Minnesota in college. So there's a connection Love there. Suggs. Yeah, but all the potatoes are so greasy. I'd stay clear of either one no of them. No way. Why would you stay clear of them? They're winners. They're just that. Uh, they're just greasy, man. There's uh, just like you're gonna get caught up in a scandal. Good. Like, why give yourself the headache? Uh, I have nothing wrong with scandals. Like, we all know this shit's going down. So, like, I don't know why I make a big deal of it. I guess you're just like letting things go. Hey, Patino like, didn't know nothing about the about the strippers. All right, as as long as 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 far as I'm concerned, he didn't know a thing. Okay, that's what he said. That's what he said. He said he didn't know nothing. So. so. He looks like I trust him. <laughs> I met him. I met him in a minor. You really trust? Do you really trust Rick Pitino? I'll never not trust that man. Like in your never heart of hearts, do you really trust Rick? Never not. He would <laughs> and you like trust that man? Go on your phone. Oh, hey. He's like, dude, right. like a ghost if, at like an Italian you, restaurant. <laughs> if Rick Pitino was at my house and we were like gonna order a pizza, and Rick Pitino was like, "I'm gonna go pick up the pizza," I would not trust him to come back with my money. Like. Oh, that's that's a bit fun. That, I don't know about that, man. No, dude, he's a car salesman. This whole shit. <laughs> or or he'd, he'd come back with like strippers and be like, "Oh, I forgot the pizza. I need another hundred dollars." He didn't know anything about the strippers. He didn't know. <laughs> dude, Patino is like. What a basketball coach, yeah. a college basketball coach. My favorite part of like the end Scorsese. of his career He's a movie was character. that That's he was on he game day making Joe's picks, absolute, I think and then two weeks later he got canned from Louisville. I remember because they were at game day. Game day was in Louisville at the beginning of the year, and uh, I think it was for the Clemson game. And he was the guest picker, and two weeks later they fired him. It was perfect. It was so funny. <laughs> Again, he'd be like a ghost waiter at like an Italian restaurant, bringing out like the finest bottle of red they have with some linguine <laughs> and, a nice, and a nice red sauce. Oh God! With some garlic. I mean, bringing... I-, I would love to see Scorsese write a uh, write a sports movie, <laughs> a Patino movie. Yeah, it would be perfect. Who would? Who's your uh, a Patino your, movie? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, who's Patino for you? Who's the Patino? 
You can pick an you can pick an old guy too because of what we saw in the Irishman. You can make Robert De Niro Um, look twenty five. Ah, we don't we don't need to we don't need to make him do that again. Um, anytime, anytime Leo can go with the slick back. But he's got to get like a, yeah, a good thing with Leo. Like he got, he's got to get like an Scorsese, yeah, because like so, Patino is like yeah, whiter yeah, than my I'm, walls in my room right now. It's it's insane. Like a lot of eye makeup. Yeah, even that oh. sunken eye appearance. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. He'd be, be fun, yeah, he'd I'd, be I'd a good, uh, good pay, scumbag basketball I'd coach. Pay stuff. Once be fun. movie theaters are safe to go to again, I would pay so I'd much money to watch that multiple times. I would watch the hell out of a, a some sort of documentary about that. Oh, movie. absolutely. I might pitch it to him. I just think not not enough's been said about it. That like he was hiring strippers for the that too. His assistants, mm-hmm. his yeah. assistants were hiring the strippers. It was his assistants. Yeah, he totally didn't know about it's it. n- yep. And like I'm not saying that like it's okay. Look, man, they but, were like, good at we basketball. all know this shit's happening though. Like so I don't get why everyone's always so surprised not, when there's like yeah. some kind of like recruit like I'm still I'm still waiting on there to be a recruiting scandal to come out of Clemson. Because oh, like, I that, get it was uh... kind of a slow burn, but they were just so good out of nowhere. Who like they went from like think... Taj Boyd to like Deshaun Watson. Who's the uh there's an offensive lineman, a former offensive lineman, he used to play for the Lions, he's on ESPN now. Um, his name's blank. I'm blanking on his name. He was on Rasillo's podcast a couple months ago talking about a recruiting visit. And he basically admitted when he went to USC, that's what he did. He had a, like they had strippers come and that's was part of his visit. But like he admitted well, dude, to it, it and nobody, and no, nothing, nothing's wrong there. Of but course it Rick is. Patino does it. If you, you think about it. Do, I should say. No, of course it's it's wrong. I think it it just depends on when the story yeah. comes out and how the story comes out. But of course it's wrong. But yeah, everyone does it. Imagine you're a high school like athlete and you go to this new place that's trying to get you well, to dude, come play a sport, like, and they they're like, yeah. "Oh, look what we well, got." That's even know, like out of this like last it's, like it's, football it's like grinding. signing day, whatever. Oh. Like Georgia, they just showed some recruit like they had just signed him, and then they showed him and his family getting into a Mercedes fresh off the lot. Like, okay, okay. They just happen to have the money and just happen to buy a Mercedes on that day he signed with Georgia. <laughs> okay. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not saying it can't happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's one of the boosters. That's one of the boosters. They're like, bro, uh, you know what? Bama kids are probably. getting, like, Mercedes. All yeah. the Mercedes-Benz Saban owns, like, the dealerships. Mm-hmm. Like, bro. Oh, Yeah. Mac Jones, like by the time he was done there, he was having a brand new S class. Then, yeah, we went off. Uh, we went off there a little bit, and a little bit. Yeah, of, yeah just true. a bit of a. Bit That's of a the problem. Bit. That's the problem, dude. The gym's not offering off kids the cars and McDonald's bags full of cash. That Which, is, by the way, that too, is like. What a, what a poor attempt, Because like I think that that's a perfect way to give money to kids. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Like, hey, well, like, hey, got you some, got you some well, Mickey D's, man. Here I think go. that's great. Yeah. Because you, but how did Tennessee mess up their brand so much to the point where they have yeah. to like be giving kids bags full of? Well, cash? when you're competing with Georgia and Alabama and Florida, like no, but I get that. But like, all, all you have to be, but all you have to be is like, uh, you know. Pete Manning, like there shouldn't like. How did the brand get so far off? Where now we're just handing kids bags. Was their brand ever that good? 
I don't like other than like I, I don't not, think I'm millennials care into, about like, I, I don't know like, a whole lot of college football history, but like, like other than Manning being at Tennessee, what was like the big like like what brought you to be a volunteer? Live mascots. I'm always a sucker yeah. for that. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh they do have a good mascot. I'm gonna be honest no. with you. Like the the people they're recruiting are not Peyton Manning fans. They're just not. And I, I don't think that's gonna work. You know, which he supposedly Manning is which he supposedly meetings, is a part of the like uh, this is what like no. I, he would have to be a part of the right. program. Otherwise it, yeah, it does. So yeah, so maybe it will maybe it'll be different, but like just like resting on the back of the fact that Peyton Manning went to school there over 20 years ago. I don't think that's going to do anything for him now. And like Noah said, they're competing with some of the biggest names in college football. Maybe get something you a little more local. Bag like a, I think the McDonald's. What do they, what they got? Good. What do they got? Down? Raising canes. Raising canes. Raising canes bag or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Support so. support local business. I think that's a good way to. I think that's a good yeah, way to something like that. Uh, thanks for if you guys are still listening. Thanks for uh, sticking with us through uh, through everything. Went a little longer than uh, yeah. Fun. Oh, it's always was, it's always fun. We can just riff fun. for the last twenty <laughs> minutes of the pod, and I think next week we got a special guest coming on. I think we're gonna have some more time to to riff a little bit. So be. Are we gonna talk? Who it is no, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep our four listeners on edge uh, for the for the whole week until they. Until they actually get the uh, the actual product, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week with uh, one extra one extra guy uh, on with us. And until then, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace.